Hey everyone, it's Allie here with half of the Twisted Sisters, you could call it. Today's guest is someone who is so near and dear to my heart. I consider this amazing woman one of my truest, deepest, best friends, and it's because of her that I really was able to be set up for success in one of the most stressful parts of life, finances. And wait, 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 because before you shut this off, because I know of you, I know a few of you are cringing because I am one of those. If I hear the word finances, I'm like, I'm out. I'm not listening. Ew, 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 finances. Who wants to talk about that? Well, as you know, we talk a lot about mental health and a lot of people deal with mental health because their finances are so messed up and We, it's just, finances are just one of those things that get swept under the rug. Nobody ever wants to talk about how much money they make, how much they have in savings, where they spend their money, what they do with their money. If they are successful, they don't want to talk about and tell you their secrets of how they did it. Some do, but a lot of people just don't talk about money. No one likes to talk about that green green little friend in your pocket or your wallet and I'm not talking about marijuana <laughs> unless you are some magical unicorn. You are the only one who likes to talk or deal with your personal finances. And if this is you, I would love for you to reach out to me because I need more of you in my life. I love dealing with other people's finances. I love finding other people's houses as well as I'm sure the gurus and finances love to deal with other people's money too because it's not your personal finances. That's a tricky subject. So every year I pick a a word for the year and this year's word was organize. If you've been following my personal page, I am doing a decluttering series and we are diving into the world of getting all that stuff you don't need out of your house And all that stuff you procrastinate about, right, or we are trying to get it completed, we are in progress, we are always in progress, and we're just trying to get our squirrels somewhat in order because we will never have it all together. Nobody ever will. There's always a ball getting dropped when you're trying to juggle it all. So this month, Sam and I have gone down a rabbit hole of talking about finances, and if you've been listening, you know that Mike and I are purchasing a new home. And since Sam and I are starting to get monetized for our podcast, we are changing our podcast from a hobby into a business, and that takes starting LLCs and just figuring out what is the best way to help with our our finances in that business and we'll talk more about this in the next episode because we love being authentic with you and we want to take you down and show you not take you down but we want to show you our journey so the number one American dream in the U.S. is home ownership but how do you become a homeowner what is that first step how much money do you really need in your bank account to become a homeowner So we thought, what a better way to discuss this as we are smack dab in the middle of spring real estate market. Everybody thinks the sky is falling. Are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? What's going on? Is the real estate market going to crash? Finances are a huge part of being a homeowner. So today's guest 
is Kara Chuka with New American Funding. Kara is one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen. She always, always, you guys, has on the best outfit and accessories. She just knows how to light up that room. And I remember when I started in the real estate industry, I worked for a new construction company and they were... They were like legit, you guys. Like I was the youngest person there by over a decade when I first started. And I remember going to this first real estate Christmas party at the St. Paul Hotel. And if you don't know what the St. Paul Hotel is, if you're not from Minnesota, it is like a a sweat. I don't even know how to explain it. Like it's so beautiful in there and they give you like the three course meal and it's swanky and sexy. And I just remember going to this with my husband at the time and my mentor, who I absolutely adore as well. We're all really good friends. She got us a hotel room at the St. Paul Hotel. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And I had way too many apple martinis. But before I even dive into that, so there was little 22 year old me and she came up to me and she bought me the most it was the most spectacular Kate Spade purse and I remember thinking oh my gosh I can't believe she remembered me I think I had sent her maybe one real estate deal and she showed up wearing this black fur and I remember thinking to myself someday I will go buy myself a black fur, PETA friendly. I still use that purse all the time a decade later. She is a wife, a mom to a beautiful daughter who I share the same birthday with. All the Leo vibes. Good luck, Kara. We're fiery. (laughs) She also has two adorable twin boys. And she is my favorite, favorite mortgage lender. I just absolutely adore her. Kara is as extroverted as they come. If you ever need a good laugh, call Kara. She will take you from crying ugly tears to laughing hysterically by the end of the conversation. She has a heart of gold and will go above and beyond to get you into a house. She's been in the industry for over 30 years, I think she says. That's a long time. She seriously, like, I remember when I first purchased our first home and we barely had a penny to our name. Kara worked so hard to get us to our goal. If we can do it, so can you. What I love most about Kara is that she can take a boring subject like finances and credit scores and make it fun and exciting for you. She breaks it down so you can understand the subject as sometimes when we do speak real estate or mortgage industry lingo, it's like we're speaking a foreign language. Like when I just said mortgage lender and you were all like, what the heck is that? Well, let's dive in and learn about just how to get that credit score up and keep it up. Learn all about credit cards and what to do with your credit cards Re, if you want to refinance your home, if you're already a homeowner, what what's the purpose of it? When should you do it? And if you want to be a homeowner, because it's scary as hell. It is scary to even think about owning a home. And Kara teaches you tips and tricks to get on track. Kara can service mortgages in all 50 states. So if you are not from Minnesota, she, could, she still has your back. 
And let's just have like a real conversation. We only hit the surface layer because we could talk about this subject for days upon days on what the best thing for you to do is. I mean, we talk about private mortgage insurance. Like there's so many different loan options. We talk about how you can get into a home for a thousand dollars and that's it. So there's some awesome programs out here. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode because you all know I geek out about real estate. It's my passion. And I just hope you have a little bit of some takeaways from this because finances, again, is such a stressful topic to talk about. So here we go. You're listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast. With Allie, a fiery realtor queen, and Samantha, a gypsy wandering her way through life while navigating being a rock star woman with ADHD. Both are former teen moms of two who have faced challenging adversities. They're here to break stereotypes, get real with you about the messiness of life, and remind you that we're all just a little twisted. Welcome to the Twisted Sisters. We are here today with me as one of your co-hosts, Allie Engren, and I have my co-host, Samantha Mello. And we are here today with one of our dear friends. She's my, I love her. I use her for all of my mortgages. And we have Kara Chuka with us today from so, Kara, just dive into your history. Like, how did you get into the mortgage industry? And just kind of talk to us about what what you do. Because a lot of people don't quite understand the difference between a title company and a mortgage company. And a real estate agent. My yes. parents, to this day, think that I'm a realtor. And I'm like, I do mortgage finance. <laughs> so, a little bit about my history. This is 31 years in the industry. I always tell people, obviously, I started when I was in diapers, but uh, it's been a long, amazing career. So I started my career in California 31 years ago, and I moved there after high school graduation. And, you know, I don't think people really, a lot of people don't choose the mortgage industry. You kind of fall into it. You either start as a bank teller. In my situation, I was temping out there. Um, I headed out to go to college there and you needed a year's residency. So um, I started temping at Bank of America and that was during the big refi boom back in 1992, 1991, 1992. And so I was calling out appraisals as a temp. And um, from there, I met with the branch manager every month and was super motivated and said, here's what I've done this month. I want to cross train in these areas. And in five years, I want to sit where you're sitting. So um, that was kind of the start of my career. And I was in California for 10 years almost and moved back here in 2000. And um, that's just kind of where it was. So um, I've kind of been on all sides of the industry But I really, really love kind of the sales side and, um, you know, just meeting face-to-face with clients. That is definitely your strength. I'm always like, whenever I send her a new client, I'm like, you're going to love her. She's as bubbly as bubbly can be. And she loves- bananas. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> so just kind of dive into so it's spring market. It's insane. I'm sure you're getting tons of applications coming through because that's what you fill out to start your mortgage process, really. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's so crazy these days. Um, back in the day, I met with everyone face to face. And obviously, through the years with technology, now most people start their application online. Um the process would be I would get in touch with them after the introduction, um, just kind of hear their whole story, look at the scenario, their goals, everything like that, assess that. And then they would do an online loan application. From there, I kind of delve into it and customize, you know, the perfect situation for them and the perfect loan for them. Yeah. So I always get this is the biggest question I get. What are interest rates right now? Well, and I think that is the common question because yes. people really don't know what else no. to ask. So, um, you know, people are really rate sensitive right now. And, you know, sadly, it's kind of gone away from service and everything like that. But I think once I meet with people and establish that trust um, and they can tell their story and share their story, people aren't going to be as rate sensitive. But, um, you know, I started with 31 years in the industry interest rates were 12, 13%. I'm really dating myself here. I mean, I'm, my parents were like 18, 19%. And when they came down into, you know, 10, 11, 12%, that was amazing. And then throughout the years, obviously, but um, I think uh, right now, interest rates, depending on your scenario, are probably in that mid 6% range, which is absolutely amazing. I mean, we still consider overall those are low interest rates. Right. And will you go into too, like, it all depends on like your, I don't think people realize that there's so many. There's so many factors involved. Yes. Thank you. So, um, you know, your ideal credit scores are going to be 720 or higher where you're going to get, you know, some of the better premier interest rates, but we go all the way down to a 500 credit score. We also have programs where there's no credit scores, but obviously, depending on the down payment and credit scores and all those factors, that's what's going to really determine the interest rate. Thank you for setting that straight, because I think it's such a like, when you see it, you're like, well, why am I not getting this interest rate? And it's like, right. well, credit score does come into factor. Yeah. And two with it, like, let, can we just touch on like debt to income ratios? Where should people be sitting with their debt to income if they are looking to purchase a house? Absolutely. So ideally, Fannie Friday guidelines, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, who they're the nationwide servicers. Um, ideally, they want to see a 43 debt to income ratio. And so what is debt to the amount of income? That's the percentage. Now, we have programs that go all the way up to a 55 that's income ratio. And, you know, with that type of clientele, I'm going to really analyze because I never want to put a customer into, you know, a bad situation. We don't want to go back to the 2008, you know, crash with, you know, stated income where people were getting qualified for obviously much more than they can afford. And when we're looking at debt to income ratios, we are taking the gross income. So that's your income before the IRS takes away all of your money, all of your money. So, you know, sometimes people, um, when they're doing the application, send me their net income 
And I mean, nobody would qualify for qualifying off of, you know, income after taxes. So we do take a look at their total income before taxes to calculate DTIs. Sam, as somebody who obviously isn't in this industry, we speak a foreign language. So are there any, like, I'm just trying to break it down because obviously some people don't even know what debt to income ratio is. Sure. So there is a front ratio and a back end ratio. So your front ratio is just going to measure the housing payment to the amount of income. And your back end ratio is going to measure your new housing payment, new proposed housing payment, plus all of your monthly debt that reports on the credit report. And just to clarify that, you know, things that report on the credit report are going to be student loan payments, your credit card payments, auto loans, anything like that. Um, we're not going to look at, you know, um, rental, that type of thing, um, things that don't report on the credit report. So. And then who is Freddie and Franny? Franny is my grandma. No, just kidding. <laughs> Fanny Mae and Freddie Mac are the two nationwide servicers. So they're the ones who are going to buy the bulk of all of these type of loans. Fanny and Freddie Mae buy conventional loans. So there's all different types of programs. Your conventional loans are going to be your standard 30-year fixed, 15-year fixed loans. Um, we also have FHA, which is a government-insured loan. And the FHA loans allow, you know, first-time home buyers, lower-income buyers to qualify for a home. The guidelines are a little bit less stringent than your standard conventional loan. And um, the down payment is much more minimal than a conventional loan. So FHA, uh, you only need three and a half percent for a down payment um, to qualify for those loans. Conventional, we do have first time homebuyer conventional loans with higher credit scores where you only need three percent down for those programs if you're a first time homebuyer. Otherwise, the standard for a conventional loan is going to be five percent. Perfect. And then too, like there's so many awesome programs. So like sometimes you don't have to have, what do you have to have like a thousand dollars down? That is it for the whole transaction. We do have programs. So those are going to be geared towards first time home buyers and we have down payment assistance programs. So we have DPAs that are city specific. Some are county specific. Um, in Minnesota here, we have a Minnesota housing program called MHFA, um, which offers up to $18,000 towards your down payment. Um, but there's some city-specific programs. I just got a client approved for $40,000 towards down payment assistance. Wow. So, you know, that allows a client to buy so much more. And, you know, with the challenge of, which obviously, you know, the shortage of inventory right now, um, that allows a client to be able to you know, bid higher than the asking price. Awesome. I know you had some questions on credit scores and getting them bumped up from when you have good credit, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I was in a, um, I, after Matt passed, my credit score was terrible. I was self-employed for oh, 13 years. Um, I was never had an, I've never had a loan in my name. I, and it was just really difficult. So 
after he passed, I worked my butt off, paid off like the one credit card I had because I just did everything in cash always. So it was a lot easier to do that than to claim all of my income on taxes. And just, it was such a catch 22. It was either I claimed my income and I paid everything into taxes and I had nothing to save or I um, wrote everything off, you know, and it was, and, and, and then you have nothing to show. So it was like, it was, it, I mean, I was just stuck in, and I'm a single mom. And so I made too much to get help from like County or do things like that. But I, it was just such a hard time. So anyways, I stopped my business. I started, I uh, getting, um, working a, a W2 job mm-hmm. and, um, I was able to pay or I actually, I did the, probably the big no, no thing, but I felt like that credit card just had bad juju to it. <laughs> and I just wanted to be done with it. And I, so I did, I closed it and I know you're not supposed to, but I was like, my credit is already just horrible. And it wasn't horrible, but it was like, I don't know, probably like 670, something mm-hmm. like that, six, 660. And, um, I just started all over. And so I paid that off, cut that up and started all over. And I have now gotten my credit up to, I think I looked last night and it's at like eight. Um, I think it was like eight fifty three or no, 843 it was. Yeah. And that is amazing. And it's a lot of work and you did everything you needed to do. And I I I feel like it's stuck though. (laughs) Like I just feel like it's stuck and I keep seeing it going backwards and I'm not doing anything different. And I don't understand how you can be paying your credit card off, doing everything that got me to that point and how your credit can be going backwards. Like it's frustrating. I don't quite understand it. So once you're at a 780 credit score, anything above that, I mean, obviously is amazing, but every month your scores are going to shift a little bit, depending on. So at a 780 credit score, that's where you're going to get premium mortgage insurance rates, the best interest rate, um, and even really over a 720 score, we consider stellar credit. So every month, there's the three bureaus, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. We pull a full tri-merged repository credit report for all of our clients. And all of these programs are going to be based off of that middle credit score. So not an average of the three, but the middle score between the three scores. Your credit is amazing. You're a mortgage person's dream come true. <laughs> and, you know, obviously, you know, going back to how you started where you said, you want to get rid of the credit card, close it. Here's some advice I can give to people who are trying to get their credit scores up. So with your situation, if it shifts, you know, from 850 to 800 to 820, you're still in that stellar, stellar category. But it's so confusing. It's like, I don't understand what, how, and then I know it's like, depends on how much you have in your credit card. But I mean, if you're still paying that. I just, I, I cannot, it's really frustrating and I know it's not a big deal. I'm not looking to get a loan or do anything with it, but I think as a person working on that and seeing that you're like, what the hell? Like, it's just really frustrating and it feels like a, well, and it's amazing to have someone very mindful of their scores like that. Um, the majority of people that I see that are really trying to rebuild their credit scores are generally in that, you know, 500 range to low 600 range. And I guess the advice I can give on um, 
credit cards, revolving credit cards, your standard, you know, department store credit cards, your Capital One cards, we want to see, or the credit companies want to see you paying those down to, you know, maybe 30% balance. So when you're trying to rebuild credit, um, you know, a lot of people when they're first getting, let's just use Capital One as an example, you know, they get a 300 max credit. And then people, you know, with new credit, oh, let's charge it all up, you know, <laughs> to that 300. And your scores get hurt when you are close to that maximum. The, the scores really are hurt when you go over that max amount of your available balance. If you pay those credit cards down to a 30% balance, um, that's where we can see a bump. And with every client that I have, I do a full assessment when I pull their credit report. I have options on my end and tools on my end. Um, we call it like a what if simulator. If you do this, if you do this, this is where your credit scores are going to be. And it's pretty spot on with the information that I pass along. So every person I'm going to do a personal assessment of their credit. Um, the one no-no I can tell you is sometimes people have a bunch of little credit cards and then they get an offer, oh, 0% down, you know, for the first year and they consolidate all that credit and close out those accounts. That's actually gonna hurt your credit score. Um, the measure of the credit score, they want to see people using credit cards in a responsible manner. So oftentimes when you're establishing credit and if you pay it off every month to zero, that can actually hinder you from raising your scores faster because it's a measure of how you use credit. So, you know, it, there's so many different factors involved that spill into this system that spit out the score. And, you know, it is, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. It's super frustrating. But, you know, this is the advice that I can give you. Um, people who are trying, who have, you know, had tough credit scores. And I always tell people, you know, life happens. We've all been there. I've been there personally. And, you know, this is going to be a starting point. I'm never going to make you feel bad about your credit score. I share my personal story when I came back from California with one of the lowest credit scores I've ever seen. And, you know, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, hey, I yeah. didn't even admit that, but, you know, I, I have been there day. too. I was young going to California. Oh, I, I got all this credit. I'm like, oh, I better use all of it, you know, and <laughs> So, oh, I have to actually pay it back. That so. was me. I opened a Victoria's Secret card when I was 18. And my mom was like, Allie, you know, you have to pay that back. And I'm like, really? I thought I'm just a great person. And I thought like, it's free money. Yeah. Thanks for teaching so, me. <laughs> I know. And I think that's where we're lacking in society is just really the education. So, you know, anyone who has questions on credit, we can schedule a time to really delve into well, how and I feel like you learn stuff and it changes. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's always evolving. And even with the whole credit score and, and you're hearing one thing from one person and then, you know, you're hearing this from another person. You're like, well, which one is it? Do you pay it down to 30% or do you pay it all off every month? Do you not make your payment early or do you schedule it? Like, what do you, like, it's all do the you things. Do pay everything in cash yeah, and or do you put it on the right. credit card and pay, and the, you pay know, that? Yeah. And, and then, but huh. it's like the credit card, it's always a risk with it. And it's, I get the idea of it all, but it makes me really that frustrated with our, gov our government. <laughs> oh, you set us up for failure. You, it's like all this trickery. <laughs> it's like, come on. Why can't it just be simple? Why is it going to be trickery? Well, but I and, love that you make it so easy and, yes. and not like well, that. 
And the other challenge is all three repositories, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion, they all report balances at a different time of the month. So yeah. it's frustrating because you charge $5 and it's instant. Yeah. But if you pay it off, it can take 30 to 60 days right. for that to report. Yes. And so you know, with my company and the services that I offer, I can do the simulator to show if you pay these small, and you know, sometimes it's paying off, you know, $100, $50 on a 300 max card. And that can bump your credit score instantly by 60 to 80 points. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've I send out a simulator and Incredible. I can do what's called a rapid rescore. So once they pay that debt off, I just need, um, you know, it's usually a letter from the creditor that reports your name, account number, the current balance and date. And then I can send that into my credit company and do a rapid rescore within a week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a huge benefit, especially since these homes are flying off the market. We want to get your scores in a good position. And that's what I always tell her too, is when I send her a referral, I say, don't do anything, don't pay anything, don't do anything until she tells you what to do. Yes. And, you know, closing credit cards that have a good history, just don't do it. I know, you you know, some people want to be very disciplined, like I'm not going to use that card anymore. I don't want to be tempted. I I had someone who I think froze all their credit cards and put them in the freezer. Was that you, Allie? (laughs) She called me out. Yeah, absolutely. Don't know the number, but in a frozen bowl, when Mike and I were buying our first house, that's what we did. So we could put them in there. Sorry, I forgot that was you. Why? You don't have to be sorry. You totally knew it was me. I saw the eye. I I love it. Um, I think you do what you have to do. You do. Let's see. what idiot kids buying a house at like 20 years old. Yeah, exactly. Um, But people who have had tough credit... Get, you can also get a secured credit card, which is a credit card that you prepay. Let's say it has a $300 max. You put, you pay $300 and then you use that in a responsible manner. That can also build up your credit quickly. That's what I had to do. Um, That's how I had to rebuild my credit was you told me, go get this credit card and it'll bump you up. And I was like, okay. And I remember being like, oh, this sucks. Because I had never had, I just paid everything in cash too, being self-employed. It was just like, but it's worth it. And you would think people would get, um, you know, rewarded for that, just paying cash. But in my world, we need to see an established yeah. credit history. I do have a question. Like, what credit cards do you have? What do you suggest? Like, I, I think I have a. What cards do I have? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have an Ameri- American Express Delta, and then I have a uh, Sun Country Visa because I travel yeah. so much and we're always mm-hmm. traveling for my sons across. And so for me, it works with the perks and stuff. But yeah. are there, like, if somebody's looking to start and get a a credit card for the first time, mm-hmm. is there one that you suggest that has really good um, benefits from it, low interest rates or whatever? you can. I think really establishing any type of credit card. I mean, you can always get a Capital One card and th- those type of cards. And you generally want to have two to three credit cards, different credit cards um, to establish that credit. Um, there's actually some programs that require you to have a certain amount of credit history and a certain amount of trade lines. So, I mean, just your standard Capital One, look for a low interest rate or something where you can gain points. 
Um, but there isn't really any specific brand of card that is going to make your credit scores go higher or lower. It's just all about the use and how you use it. I'm just saying like for somebody who is looking for themselves, I mean, is it best to go with an area that, you know, gives you more benefits to whatever you're working in? Is it better to stay away from that so that you can not spend? I mean, it's, I guess it just depends on the person. It depends on the person and the temptation with that card. Yeah. (laughs) I think my other credit card is for like auto body work. Or, you know, it's like a, I, and I'm like, this one sucks. It's so annoying. Cause anytime I use it, it's for my vehicle and I'm like, you're not getting any good fun benefits. (laughs) I mean, it's still nice. Cause it's like, I've built my credit. I mean, I just, I pay it and then I just pay it off immediately because obviously whatever, but, and you're always getting your car worked on, which is why I did. I'm like, I'm always getting something, oil changes, whatever. So I'll consistently use it, but. And I'll also kind of tell you the differences here in building up your credit score. So if you have credit cards, you know, like I said, that are maxed out and we can pay them down, that's where I can get a rapid rescore very, very quickly. When you have lates, collections, um, charge-offs, that's going to be a situation where it's going to take you some time to rebuild that credit. Um, You know, one late payment where you owed $5, you're going to get a 30-day late, and that is going to drop your credit score significantly. So, you know, we have a program we just rolled out at my company. It's called UQual, and it's for, you know, when you pull credit and you're not quite ready and you're not quite there, we have lates and everything like that. Um, My philosophy with all of my clients regardless of the credit score. If you're not qualified today, you're not ready tomorrow, six months from now, a year from now, I'm going to stick with you and we're going to get you to your goal. Um, we, I would send clients like that through my U-Call system. Um, generally, they try to get those clients back to me within a four to six month time frame is their goal, but they're going to really delve in, counsel clients, take the time to counsel, go through line by line um, their credit, their whole kind of situation to, you know, prepare them for the home ownership and, and really give them a lot more detailed guidance. Um, I have one more question. What about medical sure. bills um, that maybe have gone to collections or for people? Yep. I've been in a situation like that before too in my past. How how does your, can they use that against you? Does it count? What do people do? So medical collections, you know, obviously are going to have a detrimental effect on your credit scores. However, um, you know, it's so frustrating because with the whole insurance, you know, a lot of times you pay this person, but it doesn't report here and you get medical medical collections. Um, the programs are very, very lenient, lenient as far as medical collections. We pretty much just disregard those. Um, they're not required to be paid off. Um, so those but are it not- But it can going, affect your credit, which will affect- It can affect your The credit. other side of it. Yeah. And one thing I do want to mention, because this comes up a lot with clients, um, you know, clients are very mindful and they get worried about multiple credit pulls. So obviously in my industry, you know, people and consumers have the right to shop around for different mortgages. Every mortgage company is going to need to pull a credit report. Um, You know, that's what we base everything off of that credit score. So just to educate people, a mortgage credit pull is not going to have the detrimental effect on your scores. 
um, you know, like a department, uh, applying for a department store credit card or, you know, your Capital One cards, applying for new revolving credit. Um, again, you as a consumer have the right to shop around. We're all going to need to pull credit and we are labeled as a mortgage company. So a mortgage credit pull should have little to no effect on the credit scores. Yeah, I get I that. Had, I just had all mine time. pulled and it didn't do anything. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. What about refinancing? What do you like to, yes. can you go through that process? Absolutely. So I think more and more we are going to see refinances. Um, you know, during COVID, everybody was receiving their stimulus check and it's very easy for people to get used to having that extra money to spend. And when that went away, obviously, you know, people's habits, it, it's just, it's society and, and we're all guilty of it, I think, um, continue to spend the way they were spending with that extra money that they're no longer getting. Um, you know, the average credit card interest rate is what, 22, 24%. Um, even higher with the Fed funds rates that, you know, continue to go up here. Um, the good news with the market conditions is the market is still appreciating. And anyone who says we're in a bubble, we're going to crash again, simply, simply not true. Um, and you can attest to that too, Allie. I can. Now, now, January 2022, you know, home prices were appreciating in Minnesota by like 35% on average per month. Um, that's crazy. And obviously the market couldn't continue to sustain that appreciation. But right now, statistics just came out a couple of weeks ago and home prices are still appreciating by like three to 5%, which is totally the norm. Okay, and I just put one up in my neighborhood and it is the highest. Like it's not even during these like... 2% interest rates were yeah. our house prices that high. This one yeah. is so high. I'm like, looky here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I know because you and I have had this conversation yes. in the past. Um, and, you know, st statistics also show there is the biggest amount of first-time homebuyers coming into the marketplace in the next three years here. Uh, because of that demand and because of the shortage of inventory, that's going to continue to uh, make prices sustain their value and appreciate. So let's see, I think I got off track. What was the question of refinancing? <laughs> so people have a lot of equity in their home. Now, people who have, you know, who got and into- And what is equity? Yes, you know, where the rates are two and a half to three and a half percent, it's a hard pill to swallow to- refinance, but if you measure the average interest rate of 22 to 24% and you have a lot of credit card debt, refinancing, doing cash out refinance right now, even if you're at the high sixes, low sevens, it's going to totally make sense. And can you, and, you know the other equity thing, to them too? Because a lot of people don't know what equity is. So equity is the amount, um, you have your mortgage, you have your value. Um, it's the difference between the balance and your your home value. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, people who bought two years ago are going to have a ton of equity. 
Um, I did a lot of new construction and by from the moment they signed their purchase agreement to the time that they closed, I mean, a lot of people had, you know, 30 to 50 thousand dollars in equity yeah. already in that and if properties. you don't finish off that basement when you build your home and then you do finish it like a couple years later you get instant like way more equity because more footage yeah yep absolutely so I really do think we're going to see a lot more cash out refinances I actually am probably going to put out a campaign um you know just let's do an assessment um, give me a call for an assessment. That doesn't mean you have to refinance, but let's just look at the big picture and see if it makes sense. So what would be the benefits for somebody to do that? Can you explain that? Um, the benefits are we're paying off that debt. Um, that's at that super high interest rate. Uh, so you're saving a ton of money. And, you know, I always go over the benefits of the monthly savings, but when you look at the interest savings, that's where it's just, it, you can really see the bigger picture. So if you're at like a higher interest rate and you want it, like a lot of people refied when they went so low yeah. so they could get in that 2%. And, you know, I've also been getting a lot of phone calls for people wanting to do upgrades on their property, finish basements, put on a deck. Now that we finally are seeing some sunshine at least two days in a row. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, my mental health. That's another right. segment. Exactly. <laughs> so what we usually but, talk about. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, everyone has seen the Fed funds raising the Fed funds rates for the last year here. Um, it went from 0% during COVID to, you know, I think we're looking at around 5%, 5.5% right now. Um, and those Fed funds rates don't directly affect first mortgage interest rates. The Fed funds rates are tied to your home equity lines, your second mortgages, and credit card rates. So that's where these rates continue to go higher. And, you know, back in the day, I would have said, if you have a low interest rate on your first mortgage, you're, it's going to be more of a benefit just to throw a second mortgage on there, which is called a HELOC, home equity line of credit. But right now, that's where we're in that area where even if you have that low first, because the interest rates have gone so high in the second mortgages due to the feds raising the fed funds rates, that's where we need to do the assessment that maybe a cash out refinance is going to be a better on your first mortgage. Awesome. Any it's a lot of information. I was going to say, yeah. I'm like, where can people, will you just spew out your information? Where can people find you? Um, you can find me on my webpage and that information is Kara dot. Well, it sounds like Kuka. I'll spell it K-A-R-A dot C-U-K-A at N-A-F-I-N-C dot com. And we will link it in this episode for everybody. So you can click right on that. And anything you want to add before we get off here? Um... I just want to say it's still an amazing time to buy. Um, you know, anyone who is sitting on the fence here, my motto that I always throw out there is you are marrying the house. You're only dating the interest rate. And being in the industry 31 years, rates are going to come back down. There are definitely going to be refinance opportunities. But when interest rates start coming down, that's where you're going to run into multiple offers even more, and you're going to fall in love with a home and lose out on it on multiple offers. So if you can stomach the interest rate, which in my opinion still are, are really, really good interest rates, it is a good time to get out there and buy right now 
There's going to be refinance opportunities in the very, very near future. There's blue skies ahead, everyone. And the sky um, is not falling. <laughs> right. The sky is not falling. Get in touch with Allie and she'll find you your home and, uh, and I'll wrap up financing for you. And I'll be there cheering you on. Yay. <laughs> you go. <laughs> I love it. Well, well thank you so much, Kara. This is so fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Very informational. I yes. Love it. It's important. Yes. It's all about Thanks mindset too. One more question I will have. If you are in extreme credit card debt, do you recommend paying like if you have a bunch of credit cards, paying mm-hmm. them all down, or do you start working on one? Like, what is your advice there? I would say, and every situation is different. And that's, you know, just right. to Sam, what Sam was saying, how frustrating it is, because every scenario is unique. It mm-hmm. all depends on how much credit you have, how many cards you have, what type of credit cards they are. <laughs> So well, I and would, then you're, you're, you owe all this money. And then in order to get help, you have to pay somebody to, to get help. And you're going like, I don't, I don't have the money to pay you. Cause I need to pay this. Exactly. So, so confusing. And that's and where, like, you know, ah. if you get in touch with me, yes. there's, there's no cost for free consultation. You don't pay for your credit report. I will pull your credit report. I will do a full assessment that spells everything out, what you should do. With my simulator, I can simulate six months out. I can simulate one year out, two years out, and we can get you on a plan. So, you know, unfortunately I didn't answer your question, Allie, but you know, every situation is I just know it's going to come up. And so I was just like, go talk to Kara. She'll set you up in that, that program and you'll be blue skies ahead. Yeah, because I would say I, what I've always heard is you start with the smallest balance and you pay that off first and get that feeling of like accomplishment type thing. Yep. And then you pick the next one and you kind of keep going. Plug um, away at it. But there again, if you have a smaller balance, pay that balance down to and leave a small, small balance on there yep. because then that's measuring, you know, good credit yeah. use. And I know it's frustrating because sometimes it's so overwhelming with no, I think like, where do I begin? Yeah. I I think it's so good to hear that because you, I, that would say that's the first time I've ever heard to pay it down to 30% or, um, in that area, because usually you always hear pay it off, pay it off every month, just pay Mm -hmm. it, you know, as long as you pay it off. And, um, that could definitely be part of how I continue to grow mine. Yep. And if you do pay it off and do decide to pay it off, do not close it. If it's in good standing, do not close out that account because once you close out that account, it wipes away all of the good credit history that you had on it. That's yeah. probably one of the biggest um, tips I can give. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. thank you. Yay. You're welcome, girls. Home ownership <laughs> is actually the number one American goal, which is absolutely so cool. Yep. So thank you for helping people. We love love you. You are welcome, guys. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast. We'll now leave you with a little bit of wisdom from Allie and Samantha. Imperfection is beauty. Madness is genius. And it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. Twisted Twisted sisters. sisters. We're all a little twisted.